Excellent afternoon, everyone. Afternoon, lovely to see you all here. Really pleased to uh, be with you this afternoon. Um, uh, my name's James, uh, and Sarah didn't announce my news. Yeah, yeah. I get licensed as the rector. Yeah. On the Monday after, you get licenses, but no one's invited to mine. I'm very unsociable. It's just at Parsons Street office with me and the bishop. So, um, so there you go. But just so you, you, it's not that exciting, really. Anyway, anyway. so talking about licensing, it's a little bit like this. Thank you, Joe. Uh, next slide would be great. So whenever you get a, a new job or a new, uh, a new project, whether that be, or a new relationship, whatever, you have that kind of feeling where it's going to be all really simple and straightforward. Do you have that? that kind of feeling you know even if you're planning to you know you've got wherever you've got a little flat or a house whatever you're decorating or a garden you think this is going to be simple and straightforward you know that feeling because you're all planned for it aren't you you're prepared for it you've thought about it you've got an excel spreadsheet if you're some people in our church or you find out what happens when you do it if you're other people in the church you know so but but you feel like it's simple and it's straightforward you know that kind of feeling this is i want to do this i'm just going to do that i'm going to and that's it's going to be uh, as simple as you like However, most of us discover is, you think it's going to be plain sailing, that's probably not the right word to use, a, a nice little train journey somewhere. But the reality is, it's next slide, Joe, it becomes a little bit more complex, doesn't it? You start off on something that you think is going to be really straightforward, whether that's a job or a kind of relationship or a little mini project or a licensing or whatever, you think this is going to be easy, but actually the reality is it gets really complex very, very quickly and you don't quite know where you're going or what you're doing. Do you know that kind of feeling? You think, all I'm going to do is this, but actually I start doing it and it gets so complicated because you're involved in it to start with uh, but also uh, other people are and they're complex things aren't they the world would be nice if it wasn't for the other people but so you start something very simple and they're confusing and mysterious they unplug things don't they and whatever and so so you start off in this world very simple and then it becomes a little bit more complex but isn't there a bit of you if you're a bit like me where you think that just happens to me For somebody else, their life is really simple and straightforward. And they've got a golden spoon in their mouth. Not literally, but you know what I mean. That everything goes right for gastro, I mean, for, um, for, you know, HTB, another church, or, or for that person or that. But for everyone else, there's somebody somewhere, everything's really straightforward. And we think, oh, but, you know, it's just for me, it's kind of complex. And Christians particularly think that about the early church, you know, the first church. If you've been in church longer than a day, you'll notice you've been to a few churches, particularly kind of the charismatic ones that are a little bit like us. What you'll find is that, yeah, no, perfect, Joe, perfect, Joe. It's, uh, it's like COVID all over again, isn't it? Uh, you're, what you'll find is, is that you have in mind this kind of ideal church. It's normally that these days, isn't it? Fairy lights, young, good-looking people, didn't quite work out here, and, uh, and, and just a guitar, and it's beautiful. And we happen just to be on the beach or something. We've got a now it's close enough isn't it but you have this kind of ideal church so loads of churches over the years have started because they wanted to go back to the early church yeah the first church the simple one so there's a group called the brethren church some of you they're sort of pretty much died out now but my mum was involved in that and they were kind of like you know they're going to be the simple perfect church and there's other churches in the 60s that started like Ichthus and Pioneer and people like that and they were going to be the perfect church because they were going to go back to Acts and to the real kind of New Testament and then since 
understand there's loads of other new churches and every new church that starts is going to be the perfect, simple, ideal church, good-looking people playing a guitar, but getting back to actually how the early church was because it was simple back then, wasn't it? Even like, you remember your childhood, some of you? It was simple then, wasn't it? You didn't have mobile phones, you just played in the street. Yes, there were some weird people around, but it was simple. We have this kind of idea that we can get back to this moment where everything was simple, but we particularly have a little thing about it for the early church. So we're going to go back and have a little look at this this remarkable gap that Sarah introduced us to between Jesus popping back into heaven and the Holy Spirit coming down. And we're going to have a look what was going on in the early church in this really simple, beautiful, idealistic, perfect church. And Tay is going to bring the reading to us. So uh, thank you, Tay. And it will come up on the screen. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem. The bunting's in the way, isn't it? So then I might miss a few words. <laughs> so then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the somewhere else, called the hill, thank you, called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew. Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field, in their language, Akeldamar, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Amen. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done, Tay. I like the moves. That was, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so should we go back? Let's go back to this perfect first church where one of the key leaders um, killed themselves and then intestines kind of flooded out everywhere, depending which version you read. In other places, he hung himself. So, so that is the early church, okay? The early church is not this kind of beautiful, ideal church where we're playing guitars and we're all good looking and we're singing Bind Us Together or... Uh, shake, 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 or whatever, whatever the new song is at the moment. You know, it is. You know, it is not that kind of setting. The setting of the early church is this: Jesus appoints these twelve people who are going to lead the church. Okay, so they are like the leaders. They're like the governors. You know, they're like you know, the, they've been trained for all this. And then one of them decides uh, to betray Jesus, and then he was so upset with himself. Sadly, he killed himself. So that is the context of the early church. 
It is not this kind of simple, beautiful moment where they're all just having a lovely little kind of prayer meeting thinking, wasn't it lovely when Jesus was around? Oh, it was really, really good, wasn't it? And did you like the, oh, I love the way he did all that food business and the walking on water. Do you think we do? It wasn't like that. It was like someone who we loved and worked with and we thought was kind of on our team has killed themselves. This is horrendous. This is a really, really horrendous start to this movement that's going to say there's new hope in Jesus, apart from one or two it doesn't quite work out for. It's, it's a massive, massive thing that they're trying to contend with. So right at the start of the early church, actually, as we prepare ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit, really briefly, just two things uh, also to know. One is this, that Peter, the first thing Peter does is he opens and closes doors. Do you like the look? I've got a door on there as well and everything. Not quite. That's the view from our house. So uh, he opens and closes his doors so Peter could have ignored it who likes brushing things under the carpet not literally metaphorically you know there's a problem you like to avoid it or you just hope it will go away you know it it will just go away won't it no one will mention it Peter knew because he was a leader those things don't just go away because Peter himself betrayed Jesus but he did all right out of it didn't he he got to lead it Judas it didn't work out for him so probably there's a few rumors going around so Peter took responsibility it's the first rule of leadership he took responsibility he stood up and said right this stuff has happened now we're going to have to deal with it and we're going to have to replace Judas we're going to have to pray we're going to look at scriptures and we're going to might still be upset but we're going to move forward we're going to move on because there's things to be done we're not just kind of lingering about in this kind of place or we're not going to linger around thinking oh somehow it will kind of be dealt with and no one will really notice Peter stood up and took on responsibility so the first thing if you want to go back to the first church is we need people who are going to take on responsibility people who take on leadership positions and aren't afraid at times to have those difficult conversations it was a challenging challenging moment to lead in not something I would relish or want at all would you but actually Peter it literally says he stood up he stood up and took responsibility but the second thing that's quite encouraging uh, is this thank you Joe next slide is that actually that's our um the priory down the down the road is that what it reminds me is that the Holy Spirit came to a whole bunch of broken worn out people and confused and hurt and dazed now if you've been in church for a while you will know who the Holy Spirit comes to don't you it's the keen people at the end of the meeting. Remember those? If you haven't been there, they're the ones who've still got their hands in the air. They're the ones who are still worshipping and they go forward for, for prayer. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then um, that's all right. Uh, but some of you are smiling and you know they're the ones that the, the Holy Spirit comes to. You know, they're really kind of keen ones or the super spiritual ones. But those of us who kind of, you know, phase in and out of a church service at times and think, was God real? Does this really, you know, what I'm sure none of you ever think that in a church service. But, but it, that, those people is actually the ones that God comes for because it's the broken. It's those who feel a bit weak and a bit vulnerable. They're the people that the Holy Spirit comes on on the day of Pentecost, not the super spiritual people, not the people who, who, you know, pray every single day without ceasing, not the people who listen to every podcast sermon or know their scriptures inside out it's those who feel a bit worn out a bit broken a bit dazed and confused a bit like this is I'm sort of involved now but it's awkward it's those people that God's spirit comes on on the day of Pentecost and I don't know about you that's a bit of relief for me 
because I don't always have it all together. I don't know if I always quite believe the right stuff, or I'm in the right place with God, or, or I'm you know, on top of my game, or whatever it is. But what I do know is this, is that if I'm feeling a bit naff, oh, I'm in a good place for the Holy Spirit to come on me and to use me. And if you feel a bit naff about yourself sometimes, or you're going through that tough time, then you're perfect for the Holy Spirit. If you're the person who doesn't want to hang around, linger at the end, that's all right. You're perfect for the Holy Spirit. That's who he's looking for, or she, if you want to use the correct term in the New Testament, just a food for thought there. But, but that's who the Holy Spirit is working. It's a feminine uh, name for spirit. But that's how the Holy Spirit is working, looking for those who are broken people. going to finish with a quote. Um, this chap, I've used this quote before. It's called Leslie uh, Newbegin. He passed away uh, many, many years ago. But when I was at, um, I managed to scrape into university. It was quite remarkable. It wasn't actually university time. It was, it was an institution. It was called Roehampton Institute. And it nicked his degrees from other places. But I managed to scrape in with an A-level and a half. I didn't do very well at school and all that sort of stuff. And, um, but I used to love reading. I love reading. And I used to read religiously um, at that time. This is a long time ago now. Uh, this chap, Leslie Newbegin. Anyway, cut a long story short, a mate of mine called, um, well, it doesn't matter what his name was, uh, a mate of mine phoned me because it's on a landline. You remember those? Some of you still got them, haven't you? And uh, a landline, and he said, uh, there's an old man who's blind, um, who's a theologian, and he's looking for students of theology to read to him. I said, count me in, there's something to do, isn't it? So I got on the train, uh, went to Hearn Hill, knocked on the door, and you guessed the end of the story, lo and behold, my hero answers the door, which I wasn't expecting. It was Leslie Newbigin, which sort of took me by uh, surprise. And so then I had to read to him, and then we'd discuss what we were reading. He's a really, really um, uh, beautiful soul for Jesus, really beautiful, humble, humble man, a great, great, great man, and well worth, still worth reading his books. But he said this, The real triumphs of the gospel have not been won when the church is strong in a worldly sense. They have been won when the church is faithful in the midst of weakness, failure, contempt and powerlessness. And it's moments like that that the spirit rises up, often through words and deeds of very insignificant people created a movement of people again. Isn't that wonderful? The real triumphs of the gospel have not been when the church is strong in a worldly sense, when we've got loads of money and everything's going right for us. It's, they've been won when the church is faithful in the midst of weakness, failure, contempt, and powerlessness. And it's moments like that that the Spirit rises up. And often through words and deeds of very insignificant people, creative movement of people again. And I absolutely love that. That gives me hope. The Spirit is coming for us at Pentecost, as it were, for people who just feel like we're a bit insignificant, we're a bit naff, we don't always quite get it right. But it's those sorts of people, the scriptures, and the quote from Leslie says, that's the kind of people the Spirit is coming for. Shall we pray together? Loving God, thank you for the truth that your Spirit comes when we feel a bit weak and vulnerable, when we haven't always got it together. We thank you for Peter. We thank you for uh, his strength of leadership. And I pray for any of us here, Lord, today in leadership, in our work or home or whatever situations we find ourselves in, that we would feel that just that strength that your spirit gives us. And I pray for those of us here, Lord, most of us who feel a bit weak and insignificant and overlooked and just a bit naff. We thank you that we're the sort of people 
that we've heard today, Lord, that your spirit is going to be dwelling on and amongst us. And as we prepare for Pentecost next week, may we be wide open to everything your spirit has to say in us and through us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.